Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David. And thank you guys so much for listening, for being a part of the show. And I have got a huge surprise for you. This was an interview I didn't even know about. I literally got an email where it was scheduled and, you know, it just blew my mind when I found out. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my listening audience, I give you my interview with Rock Thomas. Thank you guys, everybody, uh, for listening to the show this morning. I've got a real uh, special guest for us today. Uh, uh, his name is Rock Thomas. He's the author of The Power of Your Identity and the Epic Life Blueprint. And, um, you know, was uh, really excited to get him on the show. And he's wanted to talk about the power of mentorship. So um, with that, um, you know, if you just want to introduce yourself, Rock, and, uh, and we'll get started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my story goes back to being a farm boy and um, growing up under difficult circumstances. You know, I was saying that if you do in life what is difficult, life will be easy. If you do what is easy, life will be difficult. Well, for 20 years of my life, I made life difficult. I worked hard. And it was in my 20s that I started to understand the concept of mentorship. My father, I guess you could say, was my first mentor. But he downloaded Working Hard to me. That was his main programming. And then later I started to have some different mentors that came into my life that taught me different skill sets. And I didn't realize it at the time, but there's an exchange that happens between the mentee and the mentor. And generally it goes like this. The mentee admires and respects the mentor. And the mentor loves the fact that the mentee's hungry that they're willing to take the wisdom from the mentor and apply it, and they watch them grow and blossom, and that's the reward that they get. So I had one at 23 that taught me a little bit more how to to interact with people, and then I met a major one in my late 20s that taught me that I could go from, from farm boy to salesperson to business owner to coach to speaker to trainer, and it was through that mentorship that I was able to expand my world and eventually help other people do the same thing. Very yeah, very cool. I actually just read your uh, your book, The Epic Life uh, Blueprint, uh, today, and I mean, so many great notes. Of course, the last part of it, I listened to it in my car on the way home, <laughs> so I didn't get to take any notes after so re-listen to that. But I mean, there's just so much good information on this about about your journey and um, and some of the great mentors uh, that you've worked with, um, and uh, you know, I love some of the quotes you had had in there as well. Um, probably my favorite one is, uh, where is it? I have it written down here. Practice makes permanent. I think that was probably my, one of my favorite ones there because everyone says practice makes perfect. But, um, you know, what you were saying about the, the 10,000 hours, uh, skill time to master any skill and, uh, you know, how just repetition builds, um, that, that skill. And then of course, um, yeah, that's just so true because a lot of people think like, oh, I can't do this or I, I you know, shouldn't do this. And then they have those mentors in their life that tell them, yes, you can do it if you just apply it yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think we learn, we learn some things that are partial truths. Like he who hesitates is lost, but look before you leap. So people don't know which way to lean. And when it comes to practice makes perfect – What they really mean is perfect practice makes perfect. When you have a system, a model, when you're getting feedback and being corrected along the way, then you can improve incrementally. And 
if you're missing some of those little pieces of the puzzle, then you can really end up in a bad place. So, for instance, if you were to practice your golf swing the wrong way over and over and over again, grooving in a bad swing, you could be stuck with a slice or a hook for the rest of your life. And then you have to unlearn it. So it is important that people understand, and that's why I think mentorship is so important. We learned, we, we were mentored to walk. We were mentored to speak. We were mentored on running our first business. But at some point in time, for some reason, I don't know why, people tend to, to move away from it and think they have to figure things out on their own. And maybe they've asked for help and somebody rejected them, or maybe they were being given help. And they were told they were slow or stupid and given some feedback and they thought, you know what? I don't want that anymore. I'm just going to figure it out on my own. I don't have to get it. Anybody telling me what to do or what not to do. And, but, you know, doing it on your own is the longest teacher. So you got to be brave. You got to be courageous. You got to be hungry and then got to be a good student. And if you do that, then you can step into a really bold life. Absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, Something that, that I think is so important because, you know, like you said, a lot of people, they get to this point at some point in their life where they just stop asking for help. They, you know, people don't just, uh, I think one of the examples I thought of was like, you know, when you, when you learn to ride a bicycle, you know, you don't just go out there and pick up the bike and just hop on it and go, you know, yeah, you have to fall down. You have to have somebody help you hold the bike steady at, you know, uh, show you how it works, uh, things like that. And, um, you know, like you said, we get mentored from childhood and then we just, we just stop, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of times also people don't know what they want. So they're like, well, you know, I, I, I'm just going to try to survive. I've got a job. I'm just going to try to get through it. Uh, I was sitting at a restaurant the other day and, Four guys had come from work and they were talking and they were just like, you know, railway tracks, man. Just stay in the railway tracks. You won't get, get in trouble at work. Just follow the rules. Don't do anything different. And I think that this is a little bit of a metaphor for people's lives is the creativity is gone. The risk taking is gone. And if they could just survive, not get in trouble, not make any mistakes, not lose any money, not take a risk to, to talk to the person across the street or across the cubicle, then they'll be okay. And unfortunately, they're run by their brain, not by their spirit, and they end up living a life of quiet desperation in many cases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one thing that I've found um, in my job is, you know, I was sitting there at work, and I'm like, I really want to do something more. I want to do something creative. Hear what I'm doing because I work in IT uh, in my day job. And, you know, I was just looking for some purpose to my life, you know, something that could free me from that boring, you know, monotony. Yes. <laughs> and so yes. I started I started writing. I started this podcast. I started uh, many ventures and, and, and uh, trying to build a business of my own, you know, out of that. And, uh, you know, and, and just reading your book, it was just such validation for that because I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not crazy. <laughs> this, this is, uh, this is, you know, something that people need to do. And, uh, so that was one of the biggest things for me reading the book was just that, you know, validation of knowing, okay, yeah, the, there are people who do this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not losing it. 
Well, um, yeah. No, you're, you're not. However, I will say this, is that with 80% of the population, you know, apparently they don't like their job and 77% living paycheck to paycheck and 60% obese, 50% divorced, and the other 50% are still married are probably not where they want to be because, you know, a lot of people settle. Where does that leave the masses? You go to the mall, you go to the movies, you, you drive down the street. Most people are part of that, that pool of people that are not living an epic life. So if you really start to reach out and stand out and, and, and really be above the crowd, it's like the stories of the two crabs. One crab in a bucket, it crawls out. Two crab, it's crabs in a bucket. The second crab pulls the first crab back in, doesn't want to be left behind. So the, the, the magnitude of force required to become super successful or in really great shape, you're like salmon swimming upstream. You've got to go against the gravitational pull of the cesspool of mediocrity. You've got to be hungry. You've got to want it bad. And the best way I've found to protect myself from from all of that toxic, average kind of way that, you know, we've all been seduced in being is to have a peer group of people that are grabbing life big, to get part of a mastermind group. And that's why I created one, because I needed to to refresh my soul by being around other people that were on the same track, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, I know you've got a uh, a couple groups, uh, right? You've got, um, I believe, Go M1 and then your Epic Life Blueprint uh, Facebook group. Um, yeah, we have a few groups. And what happened was five years ago, I was lucky enough to be invited to a small mastermind group at somebody's house. And when I met the quality of people, I suggested to them that we formalize this. And, you know, we started off with 17 guys, then 33, then 65. And we all just said, who do you know who's a badass? And we started to do these bucket list adventures around the world. And we started to help each other with investments and our perception of what was going on and our networks, because your network pretty much equals your net worth. And we just started to watch all of our lives accelerate. And then we birthed off these other ones. So we have one for millionaires. We have one for people who are striving to become millionaires. We have people who are just trying to make an extra $600 a month. It just depends where you're at in the journey of your life. And then you have this ecosystem that allows you to get to the next level. And it's really been powerful. We've really had watched people have breakthroughs because, unfortunately, you can go to a Tony Robbins event. I'm a Tony Robbins trainer. You can go to these events. You come home. You have to fight the, the gravitational pool of people that are not happy and not fulfilled and not going for it, playing safe. And you just, that, that beats you down. It pulls you down. And the human spirit wants to connect. So if you go out Friday night, you know, with the boys or what have you, you might have one or two more beers than you thought, then you don't hit your goals some Saturday morning. Or you don't want to go out Friday night, but everybody at the office is, you know, hey, come on, man, come on, and you want the connection. So you end up going, and then you end up regretting it if you're trying to hit some big goals. And before you know it, you know, you've got this little peer group of people that they expect you to show up for bowling on Thursday night and baseball league Sunday morning. And it's good, but it's not great. You don't feel like your life is fulfilled. You feel like it's okay, but not fulfilled. Are you with me? Oh yeah, 100%. And, and I mean, that's the one thing that I think a lot of people need to realize is that, you know, if you want to change your, your circumstance and live that epic life, you've got to 
um, you know, find a good mentor, someone who you can follow their path and learn from. And then you've also got to, um, you know, get in one of these like peer groups and basically network up, you know, network to the people that you strive to be. Um, you know, if you're wanting to do podcasting, you know, hang out with podcasters. If you're wanting to be a writer, hang out with writers. If you're wanting to be a millionaire, hang out with millionaires. <laughs> you know, whatever the, whatever the, uh, circumstance is, you know, that's the way I feel on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's changed my life in so many ways. And, you know, I feel like I'm on that journey now to getting to where I want to be. And, um, you know, that's something that I think anybody can do. So that's kind of where I started the show was to help other people see, you know, Hey, you can do this too. You know, <laughs> it's, I'm a normal guy. I'm starting from nothing. It's possible, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And, and uh, sometimes you, you have to borrow the belief from, from your mentor because it's easy to not believe. It's easy to doubt. It's easy to look around you and go, you know what? Um, I'm not where I want to be. I don't, maybe I, it's not meant for me. Maybe it's meant for other people. You know, the, the mind is constantly working overtime to create doubt. It uses fear as a tool to keep us safe, but unfortunately it overuses it. And many of us get into it and we start to doubt our own abilities. And before we know it, we play too safe. And again, the mentorship is, it's great when somebody else besides you say, what are you talking about? Of course you could do that. Yeah, you know, tell me, tell me more. You want to buy that piece of real estate? You show me the deal you're working on. I like that part. I like that part. Have you thought about this? And they support and encourage and sometimes challenge you. And it's that, that balance of those pieces that makes you win. I remember being coached by a guy who was coaching high level tennis players. And after every shot in the entire hour, the first thing he always said to me was, that's awesome. Great job. I love the way you move your hands. Good footwork. Way to go, Rock. Way to go. That's awesome. You're really playing out hard. Come on. Go around. Give me another one. And I was like, wow, I feel really great. So encouraged. <laughs> and afterwards, I dissected it. I, I kind of interviewed him. And I said, I noticed that, you know, you would always compliment me. Once in a while, you'd say, okay, Rock, I told you, you know, that's really good with the feet. But drop your shoulder a little bit as you come to the neck. But I was so open to the feedback of a small suggestion because he had made me feel safe. He had made me feel welcomed. He had made me feel confident first. And he says that, in essence, is the job of the highest level professionals. They don't go in there and say, hey, stupid, you threw the ball away. What are you doing? What are you thinking? They go, you know what? I love the way you set up for that. Let's go again. Let's go again. Come on. You build the spirit up first, even top level people, and then make the minor tweaks. And that's an ecosystem. If it doesn't exist, then you end up being like Mike Tyson. Yeah, for a while you become successful and then you self-destruct because the, 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 the soul needs to be nourished. It needs to have fertile ground to grow, not just be beat down like a dog all the time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't get. I, I know I've heard the saying before, and then I've heard it mentioned, I think, in one of your interviews that you, you tend to be more like the five or the five people you hang around with are the five people that kind of define you or who you are. And, um, you know, so you need those people that are going to encourage you, that are going to lift you up, that are going to say, okay, you know, great job, you know, make this minor change and you got it. You're 100%, you know, they build you up, they make you feel safe. They, 
they build your trust and confidence, and then they help you improve in such minute ways you might not even notice it at first, you know, to, uh, to you know, create um, that excellence that you had in you all along. You just didn't know it yet. Yeah, I mean, it is it is bit by bit. But what I have learned is that there are there are fundamentals that need to have to happen. You, you got to have rituals. You got to have routines. The body responds to that. You talked about it before. The ten thousand hours. If every day you get up and the first thing you do is look at your phone, it's likely going to happen for the rest of your life because you get endorphins when you get a hit and you look at stuff. So what most successful people do is have some rules around that where maybe the first thing they do when they get up is. They drink some water, they go meditate for 10, 15 minutes, they visualize on the life they want to have, they exercise, and they don't touch their phone for 45 minutes. And they make that part of, you know, building who they are, not responding to the outside world, but to the world they're creating for themselves. They have a ritual at nighttime when they, you know, they go before they go to bed, they write out the things they're grateful for, the things that they enjoy and love and appreciate, because that negativity is always there. So you've got to push up against it mentally. It's like a mental workout. You don't just go to the gym once a year and be in shape. You consistently go. And the same thing for your mindset. You've got to consistently remind yourself you're awesome. Consistently focus on the things that you did well. Consistently be with other people that are going to reflect your potential. And eventually you'll break through to a new level. And then you've got to sustain that level by being around higher and better people. The training is always in. It's an ongoing thing. It doesn't stop. You don't get to a place in life and you go, oh, I've made it. I've made all my money and now I sit in my laurels. The, the, you know, the, what do they say is the, um, uh, is the devil's workshop. What is it? Um, being, being passive is the devil's workshop or being idle oh, is the devil's uh, workshop. Idle hands is the devil's work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't just have $10 million and sit around because the devil will come in and you'll sabotage yourself. Life is meant to be about growing and learning and contributing and you're doing your podcast and you've got your regular job and you're, you're hustling and it feels good to be doing that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't imagine life without any of these things um, or, you know, I couldn't even think of stopping at this point because it fulfills me. Um, you know, it's it's – it's work. It's something that I love, you know, and, and, you know, it's something that I'm growing and I'm learning about as I go, you know, and, and I'm meeting so many fantastic people and getting interviewed with fantastic people like yourself. And it's just every day I'm learning something new, you know, so that's, that's what I love about it. Yeah. Good for you, man. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, you know, absolutely right. You know, cause I mean, I've always been of the belief that, the day you stop learning is the last day you're alive. <laughs> you know, after that, you know, you, sh you should never stop learning. That's always been my philosophy. That's why I always try to teach people because people are like, oh, you know, I'm just going to do this job. And I'm, you know, like you were saying, you know, just stay on the rails. Just don't, don't deviate. Just stay in your lane. You know, don't leave. And I'm like, no, keep growing, keep expanding. There's promotions. There's, there's so much more to life. I mean, I actually read, a book, um, uh, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. I have no idea much of anything about astrophysics, uh, but I was just curious. And so I actually read uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's book, and it was quite fascinating, you know, so I learned something I didn't know before. And, uh, you know, I always try and be curious and, and grow, and, you know, maybe you'll come in handy someday. You never know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can – 
you know, learning to learn is probably the edge that, that people need in the world today is a lot of people don't know how to learn well. They, they don't apply the things they learn. They, they listen, but they don't pay attention. And, you know, I was fortunate my father taught me, like, he never wanted to look at my report card. He says, the only thing I care about is the application of what you've learned. So he'd say, what are you applying today? And it was through the repetition of him saying that to me over and over again and me wanting to get his attention that I would, like, I would impress him with when we would work on the farm, uh, be able to divide, you know, 84 inches by 12 into feet uh, without using a calculator, which young kids can't do today. But back in my day, you know, um, so I was using my mind, and that's how I got kind of points from him. So it was like, hey, I got better and better at math because I wanted to show him the utilization of it. And I wish that kids today had that same perspective because I think a lot of kids go through college. They want to just get a score to get, you know, to get their diploma, but they don't really care what they remember or how they can apply it. And I think that they're doing themselves a disfavor because how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you're bluffing and cheating through college, you're not going to develop a muscle of a work ethic that's going to serve you later. And then you're going to get to a job. You're going to want to cut corners. You're going to be lazy. You're going to want to take the shortcuts. But it doesn't work that way long term. Anybody can bluff for a while. But after a while, you got to deliver the goods. And then you're going to become bitter because you don't have the wherewithal to do it. And then you're going to look at successful people possibly, and you're going to criticize them as a way of pulling them back. You're that crab, pulling them back. I don't have what it takes. So let me pull these people back. So I think learning to learn is a skill that people should should put some attention on and start to get really good. Learn to type with, without looking at the keyboard. Learn to speed read. Uh, learn to remember names. Do some basic, simple things to develop your skill set so you're a little bit more capable. You're never going to be paid a high amount of money, which will create wealth and freedom, if, you, if you're not an expert in an area. When was somebody with no skill set paid a lot of money? Never. You know, you know, a basketball player has honed his skill to be able to shoot, pass, and and um, and dribble, and he's paid millions of dollars to to do something unique with a ball that very few people on the planet can do. So, a doctor or a brain surgeon or a dentist has honed their skills through eight to ten, twelve years of studying. What do you want to do? What are you going to do that's going to make give you a unique skill set where you can be compensated? so that you don't have to work and trade time for money for the rest of your life doing crappy stuff that's boring and doesn't fulfill you. Exactly. Yeah, and there's so many, you know, still being in the in the normal working world, uh, you know, I see that so much where people are just like they're not happy, they're complaining all the time, and, you know, it just they're just sitting there like, you know, I want to get a better job but I can't, and, you know, I mean, even me, I was in that same boat. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go back to school and catch up because I went to college uh, 21 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, my computer knowledge is not exactly as up-to-date on paper as as others. I've, I've kept it up, you know, in normal fashion, but, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of jobs, they want to look at your resume and see where you went to school, what you studied. So, so yeah, I yeah, and that's, that. that's if the job is the the vehicle for you. Today, right. the world is changing so quickly that 
being a problem solver is really what people should focus on. What problem do you want to solve? And you can work for somebody else solving that problem, but if you get really good at solving problems, I've, I have 36 streams of income. I've gotten really good at solving problems in different areas. Some of them are real estate investments, some in the stock market, some of them are selling other people's and promoting other people's products. There's a variety of ways that you can solve problems. Most of it has to do with connecting people to solutions. And if you get good at that, then you can have freedom, whether it's, you know, working for somebody else and you can call the shots because you're so valuable or, you know, being an entrepreneur. I have many people that work for me in my mastermind groups, and guess what? They're, they work with a laptop and a phone, and that's all we need. So they travel around, and they've wanted to have that four-hour workweek lifestyle. And I don't micromanage them. I don't know. Sometimes they work at 2 o'clock in the morning, or they're in, in Thailand, and their, their time zones are different. But they're getting the job done. As long as the results are there, I don't need to micromanage them. And they could be on a, with a laptop in a cafe in Bangkok, um, you know, sipping a margarita for all I know, but they're still getting the job done. There's so many options out there. You, people need to be a little bit more creative and a little bit op- more open-minded, I think. Uh, yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, I mean, that's the, like you said, problem solvers, because there's so many things out there. Because I feel like we're almost at a um, a transformation in the age, you know, as far as the way work is done and the way um, corporations work and things like that. You know, things are going to the online from the brick and mortar. You know, there's all these changes happening and people, a lot of people really don't understand, you know, how these transitions are happening. So having that niche where you're like, I see a prop like uh, Jeff Bezos with Amazon. I can't find books. I'm going to make an online bookstore, you know, and it became one of the biggest online re- retailers, if not the biggest online retailer on earth, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, 100% do, or if something bothers you, it's like um, I have a billionaire mentor, uh, Jeff, um, uh, my God, his name is uh, Hoffman. He's the guy who created Priceline.com, and he's also in his 20s. He was flying to Europe for a job. He waited an hour in line just to have the girl print out his boarding pass. And he came up with the idea of all these kiosks to print out your own boarding pass, and he sold them in his 20s to the airlines for $125 million. So what he did was he, was he looked at a problem that bothered him, and he went and found the solution. The guys that created you know, Uber, they just cross-pollinated um, the gap between trying to find a taxi cab and, and you know, waiting for one and people that were looking for part-time jobs had a car and just wanted to work three, four hours a day, and then he put technology in there, and voila, Uber and $51 billion company, Airbnb, people have an extra room, a house that's vacant for three weeks, and they go away on vacation, and they can now rent it out and make some money. So, you know, sometimes there's solutions or problems right in front of you, and you just got to be creative. And I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting that people sit in your basement and and you know, put all your money on being the next person to, to invent Airbnb or Uber. You know, I believe in paying your bills. But be open to looking for what bothers you in front of you, and then maybe you can find a solution to that and make some money doing something that's creative and everybody wins from, benefits from. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's 
that's so important because I think there's so many people out there that have these great ideas. They just don't have that confidence, and that's where somebody like a mentor would come in. Because um, I've heard people talk about, you know, oh, there's this problem with this. If I did this, you know, I'd do it this way. And I'm like, well, that's a great idea. How about you email the company? Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, no, no, they'd never listen to me. I'm nobody. And I'm like, that's the wrong attitude. Email them anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And But the, then that conversation in our brain about, you know, um, who am I to do that? What if they don't answer? Here's, here's, here's something for your listeners is anytime you're not doing something is because you didn't answer positively to these two questions. Can I do it? And your brain thought, nah, I don't know if I can, uh, you know, run a company or whatever, be an author. Um, and the second one is, is it worth it? And if your brain thinks it's not worth it, you could work out for two hours a day in the gym. But if you don't lose any weight or put on any muscle, your brain will say it's not worth it. Could I knock on doors and hand out flyers to start my business if only one out of a thousand people are going to say yes because you have the wrong attitude or the wrong strategy or method? It's not going to be worth it. You're not going to do it. So people, that's why, again, mentorship is so valuable because the mentor has a proven path. The mentor has done it. So he's going to give you the confidence that it will be worth it and that you can do it because your brain, without the references and without the experience and without the know-how or strategy, it might give in to going, I can't do it, it's not worth it, and you will not be motivated. People are like, how do you get motivated? Motivation comes partially from competence. When you're competent at something, you're confident and you want to do it. When you suck at it, your brain goes, you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to look like an idiot. It's going to be a waste of time. It's not going to work. Sit on the couch and eat a bag of potato chips and watch Netflix. You'll be safe. I promise you, I'll keep you safe. You follow me there? Absolutely, yeah. And I actually um, I think it was in your book, and correct me if I'm wrong there, but, you know, you were talking about, or I can't remember. Oh, no, it was on your website uh, about how, Successful people, uh, you know, have large libraries of books, and people that are not successful have giant television sets. Um, you know, it's that mindset thing, and that came to mind when you were you were talking about that. Is, is you know, reading and and getting that experience is is so key, and that's what's so great about having a mentor because, like you said, they've been there. They know the pratfalls. They know. You know, it's like having a GPS versus driving around in the city. You don't know without one. You know, they yeah. know exactly where you need to go. Um, they they know don't go down that street. There's a pothole um, you know, or a sinkhole. And, you know, they can guide you through those those things to get you there faster and to get you there to the point where your mind doesn't have time to think about it and say, well, I can't do this. Because you've got that person saying, yes, you can. It's just right over there the finish line is right there and uh yeah yeah and sometimes people are afraid to ask a mentor to be a mentor and it's really simple it's just ask that person you know what value can i bring for you what can i do for you i remember taking flying lessons as a kid and um my i asked my instructor what else can i do for you and uh, i cleaned the plane and i did some errands for him and then he gave me extra lessons uh, and became a real guide to me in getting my pilot license that you know, at the age of 16. I remember when I worked at a restaurant for a guy, I always said yes to coming in early and staying late. And after a while, 
you know, I realized he, he had young kids. He didn't want to do the early shift and the late shift. So I took as many as I could. And it wasn't long before he offered me partnership in, um, in the restaurant. We did end up bankrupting it, but that's another story. But at least I started to get the opportunities and I started to get into that conversation. People who, like, I love mentoring people that are hungry and that are willing to run with the wisdom. The people that fight it, the people that, that they, they think that they know better, um, the people that have, you know, not created wealth as an example, or they're, they're, they haven't run a company. There's probably something you don't know that you don't know. And maybe be the student first versus trying to come in there going, you know, it's a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, a hit on millennials that they've got this sense of entitlement. But that's partially true is that if you don't have the experience, but you think you know because you saw something on Google, it might not be real for you because there's different levels of, of experience. One is intellectual. You, you know that you should work out on a regular basis. We all heard that, yes? Or you should write exercise, but a lot of people don't. The person who goes into the doctor's office and the doctor says to him, if you don't work out, you're going to have a heart attack, that person has an emotional experience, right? The other person who has the heart attack and and has this physical experience for them for the rest of their life, they change their diet and they walk and they do exercise. So you have intellectual you have emotional, and then you have cellular or physical experience. If you're new in a niche or in a business and you don't have the emotional or the physical experience, you haven't gone bankrupt like I have, you haven't been beaten down like a dog in a business, you haven't gone through a divorce, it's really hard to go, yeah, I know how you feel. No, you don't know. You think you know. You don't have the references, and you might not have the experience to draw on when something goes wrong. You could learn how to fly a plane in 10 hours. If something goes wrong, you need the thousand hours of theory and studying and practice to, in a snap decision, save people's lives. You see the difference? Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, it's, it's totally different when you're actually physically there in the moment versus, you know, just like, oh, yeah, I watched a YouTube video. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. And a lot of people – you know, I mean, they hope it would be they could learn that way, and I, I probably do myself as well. But the reality is, is nothing like experience. That's why when you look at at some sports, it's always interesting that you know these young people come up and they often they they shine for a few games or maybe even a full year or a year and a half. Like Kaepernick comes to mind, the quarterback for uh, San Francisco. He was like epic for a year or two, but a year or two is not a career. People adjust to you. They see your patterns. They start to see where your strengths are, and they start to chip away at it. It's the ones that continually refine, like Tom Brady, who he has enough ability to adapt and to innovate, and he's got little things that other people don't notice maybe, like he doesn't get sacked very much because he's willing to one out of four plays throw the ball away. He's not trying to squeeze too much out of it, but he's learned that over time. And they look like kind of, you know, nothing special often. You know, Stephen Curry can throw the ball from anyway. He passes blindly, and he's changed the game of basketball because he innovated, and he pays attention. And I think he's proven now after four, five, six years that he's pretty awesome. 
that other people now are changing the game. If you look at football as a metaphor, people are going for, and I apologize to the women listening to this if I'm, if I'm talking a lot about sports metaphors, but it used to be taboo to, to go for it on four and two or in a short play. Now more and more times it's proving that it's, that it actually pays to go for it. So it's interesting to watch how people adapt in life, but that comes from experience and innovation. And if you're not willing to play in that arena, chances are you'll be working for somebody else and you probably won't have a really, really sexy, fulfilled life. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and that's that, you know, goes back to always learning, you know, always changing, always being willing to pivot and make those adjustments as you go. Because like you said with Brady, you know, he sits there, he learns, he watches tape, he keeps up with it, he, he, he throws the ball, he changes it up. And so all the rest of the teams are like, okay, how do we, how do we stop this guy? You know? Yeah. And by the way, if you, I read his book and he talks about the fact that he practices like every play is a play in the Super Bowl. That's his mindset. So he shows up at a hundred percent on every play where a lot of other players, what they do is they're like, you know, let me just try this and toss it out there. Hey, yo, what's up? And they're casual about it. And so he's got a level of intensity that translates under pressure. So, you know, again, how you do anything is how you do everything. Practice like you're going to perform. I like to say to people, pay the price of practice in private to perform in public like a pro. Be consistent. How you, you know, how you, how you practice, bring everything. Look around. Be open. Try new things and model those that have a, a, a pattern of success. And then take the world over. <laughs> well, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And, and that's the thing. A lot of players, you'll you'll watch them, and it's you're like, well, you know, it's middle of the season. I can experiment. I can try some new things. You know, because I mean, we've still got a ways to go. You know, whereas, like you said with Brady, he's like, okay, this is the Super Bowl final game of the season. If we don't win this one, it's over. And you know, that's that mindset, that champion mindset that you have to have when you attack really anything in life, uh, you know, any venture, is you have to, you know, believe that, okay, this could be the last game. I've got to win. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I would, I would invite, you know, your listeners to look at creating some cash-flowing assets. I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, dentist making $600,000 a year. You're still trading time for money. Time is our most precious commodity. What actions – are are you doing, are people doing to put themselves in a position where they they can do what they want? You know, don't worry, you have to, you have to do this, or you feel like you have to do that. What about in learning how to invest in real estate, which is a very, very good vehicle for creating passive income, or creating some sort of a product like a book or something that can, can sell over and over and over again once you've done it once? Have that thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month coming in in the background so that if you want to go and experiment and go to Europe for three or four months, you could do it. Give yourself that chance. Don't wait. Don't think that you can, you know, count on Uncle Sam and, and, and other people to, you know, take care of you because people are going to live longer with technology. People are going to start living to 90, 100, 110, 120, they say. You need more money in your retirement. To, to pay for that extra life you're going to have or the time when you're older and you're probably not going to be able to be producing as much. So it's time that people start to pay attention to 
you know, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant and things like that. Get into groups and organizations where people are talking about, uh, you know, Donald Trump doesn't need to own billions and billions of dollars of real estate. If a few other people went out and got their own million or two or three slices of the pie of real estate, they could also get their slice of the pie of five or $10,000 a month coming in month after month with little to no effort if you have a property management, and it changes your life completely. You're not trapped. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I know uh, Warren Buffett said that, that is, uh, you know, uh, learning to make money while you're asleep. You know, I, I don't remember the exact quote now, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's so important uh, because that's the way you free yourself. You 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 teach people, you train people, you start doing it, you let them run it, and then the money comes in. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, um, I, again, I certainly thank you for for coming on the show, and, and uh, you know, if there's uh, you know any you know groups or social media or uh, how to get in touch with you or your your um, you know, your mastermind groups stuff like that, if you want to shout them out, and um, you know, thank you again for being on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, my pleasure. It's it's easy to talk about you know things that I'm passionate about. So thank you and. Um, if people, you know, resonate with my message, then you can look me up on social media, Rock Thomas. You can go to my website, rockthomas.com. You can go to my mastermind group, uh, goM1.com or gobundance.com if you're looking for a higher level up one. It's men only. You gotta be a millionaire to get into that one. Just depends on what you're looking for. We do bucket list adventure trips around the world. M1 is more for the striver, the person that's looking to create some extra income, understand how to create some passive income. We have different levels within the organization. We meet you wherever you're at. It could be a free book that you get from me, or it could be one-on-one coaching for thousands of dollars. It just depends on where and how hungry people are and how much you want to overcome the programming that you've been given. You know, I had that Goalcast video that came out. And talked about the words that follow I am, follow you. And it went viral. 72 million people uh, saw it. A million people shared it. And it really comes down to when we're growing up, our parents, caretakers, influential people, coaches, teachers start to label us. And they give us this thing like, you know, you're, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too skinny, fat, you're quiet, you're too noisy. And we start to live through these labels because they give us a way of showing up. If you didn't know who you were and you went to a party and you didn't know how to behave, should I be crazy? Should I be, should I be quiet? People would call you schizophrenic. They'd think that you're a nut. So what, what happens is that we seek to have, to, to latch onto these labels that we can identify with that make us feel like we can manage ourselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm polite. I'm curious. I help out. Um, but I'm not obnoxious. I would never tell a story like that. I would not. Oh, slap her on the the bum. That would be rude. Like we have all these ways of being. So as you formulate that, unfortunately, a lot of the labels are negative. They're like, I'm shy or um, I'm not a leader or I don't like speaking in public. So one of the biggest lessons that I think we can all learn and relearn and continue to learn is to shape our identity in a way that serves us, that empowers us. So I would leave your listeners listeners with this is you can go to my website rockthomas.com and get my book for free 
they'll have the five steps on how to re um, level up their identity. But it's simply this is you got to believe it to a certain extent. So you can't say I'm a millionaire if you're not, or, you know, I'm a badass or um, I'm six foot tall when you're five. It doesn't work that way. What happens is your, 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 your system has to believe it. So you got to say something like every day in every way, I'm becoming a better and better student of life. Every day in every way, I look forward to meeting new people and being better at interacting with them. So give yourself a chance to start to believe it, to take some steps toward it. And then eventually you start to grow your identity. And what you want to, what I would invite you to do is, is use the words, because words are the building blocks to your beliefs and your actions. Use the words that empower you, not ones that disempower you, ones that cause you to want to take action. So I love to meet new people and, and compliment them, as an example. Um, I find myself being curious about things and looking for ways to grow. Maybe one day I'll be an author and tell my story. So start to talk to yourself in a way that's a little more positive, exciting, encouraging, empowering, and then watch your identity grow before you know it. You're not going to be where you are today. You're going to be, you know, in that higher version of yourself. And I think that's a really, really good place for people to focus on. Even if you're, you know, LeBron James, he's got a conversation with himself about growing and becoming his best version of himself. So why shouldn't we? Absolutely. And that is that is definitely a great um, thing to share uh, with everybody. And if you're listening to this, share it with your friends and family because that is absolutely it, is re- positively reinforcing yourself day by day, growing day by day, and and getting to that point, believing in yourself, your system believing in yourself, and then, you know, you believe it, and then it happens. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So thank you for having on, me on your show. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, everybody. David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So... By all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you, guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.